from the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio. This is In Black America. I was actually fasting because I would I would call myself a spiritual guy more than a religious guy, but I was on I was fasting you know, in 2016, and it came you know in, in the fast I was I got the got the word to to start school because the the end product was going to be not only just a school but a pharmacy. So starting in January 2016, it took us about nine months to become a, um, a licensed post-secondary program in the state of Florida. And we got that in nine months. So we started school in January of 17. And then after using you know, the proceeds from uh, from that, we turned into a pharmacy and began the process. In, what was that? In August of 2017 and in January, we were able to be open but I still pushed it back a little bit to get some more things done and uh, started it in April so roughly um, about about nine months maybe. Dr. Albert D. Chester, owner of Newtown Pharmacy and founder and program director of Capstone Institute, both located in Jacksonville, Florida. In April of 2018, Chester opened his pharmacy in an underserved neighborhood in northwest Jacksonville, Florida area was the same neighborhood his grandfather grew up in decades ago. According to Chester, it was all about sowing a seed into the community. Many of his residents don't have cars and getting to a pharmacy to get their medicine can become a major challenge. Chester also saw a need to expose the young people in the area to the healthcare profession becoming pharmacy technicians. To that end, the Capstone Institute was founded to provide alternatives to college for some and a chance for others who are dissatisfied with their current employment situation. I'm Johnny O'Hanson Jr. and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, Dr. Albert D. Chester, owner of Newtown Pharmacy and founder and program director of Capstone Institute in Black America. It's kind of interesting, um, and we named it Newtown because the area that's actually Newtown is probably about half a mile away, but there's no pharmacy in Newtown at all. I mean, you're talking about something that runs easy, easy three miles without a pharmacy. You have a, you have a Walgreens, I have a couple of Walgreens away, but from my actual store, there's about, there's about um, in a mile radius, there's no pharmacy. Right outside that mile, you do have some, but in the Newtown area specifically over by Edward Waters College, I mean, there's a stretch of miles where you don't have any pharmacy. Dr. Albert D. Chester is a visionary. After working for more than a decade in numerous kinds of pharmacy, including retail, hospital, ambulatory care, and home infusion, he decided it was time to go it alone. Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, Chester is a graduate of Florida A&M University. Chester and his family saved for two years to see his dream come true. Chester has witnessed firsthand the many challenges the residents in the Northwest Jacksonville neighborhood faced by not having private transportation to obtain their needed medicines. Newtown Pharmacy was created to be a patient-centered business where the community health care needs was the primary focus. Also, as Capstone Institute is training residents in the neighborhood for opportunities in the health care industry. Recently, In Black America spoke with Dr. Albert D. Chester. It was great. I had had a good experience, and um, at the time we still had a, a sense of you know kind of community and neighborhood. So I had a whole lot of quote unquote aunties, a whole lot of quote unquote uncles that helped you know rear me and steer me the direction that I'm you know in the path that I'm on right now. So I enjoyed it. Any brothers and sisters? No, only child. 
What were some of your favorite subjects while you were in, in school, grade school? Some of the favorites would be math was a particular um, one I really enjoyed, and also biology, I enjoyed that one a lot. And what made you select Florida A&M for your uh, undergraduate work? Well, it was family family school for the most part. My grandmother, she finished up her education there. My mother was actually Miss FAMU in 1980, mm-hmm. and then my father won the first. He was on the, he was a quarterback for the team that was the first and the only uh, national championship, Division One AA national championship uh, for the school. So uh, I don't know if we get more FAMU than me. <laughs> I know that's right. Why pharmacy as a major? Well, in all honesty, it's because that's what my mother told me to do. Um, and that's one of the things I tell young people when I talk to them now is like, you know, if you don't know what you're doing or know what you want to do, I mean, listen to some of your elders, uh, listen to, you know, people that really care about you because, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, my, my dream was to be a teacher, be an instructor. Um, but she told me, um, why not give the pharmacy thing a try? You know, the financial gains that you can have in it. And, you know, if you're smart enough to do it, go, you know, why not? And just being a, a mama's boy, uh, it paid off. I just listened to mom and, you know, the rest is history. What were some of the things taught to you while you're in pharmacy school? Um, well, I mean, you get you get the same same instructions and, you know, same same directors as you would if you went to any other pharmacy school. But the difference to me in going to HBCU is that you're really branded and you're not just a number. And I, you know, I don't, that's not to talk down about any other school or, or program, but at FAMU, there was a sense of, you know, they it was difficult. It was hard because they wanted the best. They wanted to to, to make you into you know a, a, a clinician. They put they pushed you um, hard because they wanted you to be successful because you represented them. And it wasn't because they were trying to fail you or anything in a negative way. It was to make you better. And that was relayed. And and that was the part that um, that really stuck out to me and why I appreciate it so much was, you know, simply because of that. They they're they're branding you. You're part of them, and they want you to represent. So that was um, that was one of the big things that we learned, you know, at FAMU. First job out of college. First job out of college, um, started working at Walgreens. And how was that experience? It was it was great. I I enjoyed it. Again, following one of my um, one of my mentors' instructions, and uh, within you know, a couple of years, became a pharmacy manager. Um, really learned learned the business of, of pharmacy on 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 that level. Enjoyed working with the people, bounced around uh city in greater Jacksonville and uh, kind of in St. John's County, which is right outside of Jacksonville. Enjoyed it and uh, learned a lot, but was ready to move on. How long did you stay with Walgreens? I was at Walgreens for 10 years. Oh, that's a pretty good stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it was a d- decent stretch, but um, in the pursuit of excellence, in the pursuit to always get better, I realized I had pretty much peaked out with Walgreens. Mm-hmm. You know, within you know, after about seven, eight years being with the company, I realized that was that was pretty much it. But and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you're, you know, you just have a a drive to always get better and always improve. And what the next challenge is, it wasn't the challenges that I was seeking. I wanted something better, something something more. Obviously, that led you to open your own pharmacy. How long did it take for you to? achieve that process well um what happened i was actually um i was actually fasting because i would i would call myself a spiritual guy more so than a religious guy but i was on i was fasting you know, in 2016 and it came you know in, in the fast i was 
got the got the word to to start a school because the the end product was going to be not only just a school but a pharmacy. So starting in January 2016, it took us about nine months to become a a licensed post secondary program in the state of Florida. And we got that in nine months. So we started school uh, January of 17, and then after using you know the proceeds from uh, from that, we turned into a pharmacy and began the process in what was that in August of 2017. And in January we were able to be open, but I still pushed it back a little bit to get some more things done and uh, started in, in April. So roughly um, about. About nine months, maybe, maybe a little less, seven, seven, eight months um, total to get it going, you know, from the time of really the start date of getting the pharmacy going. But it has been the process that we've started for about three years. So Capstone came before the pharmacy? Yeah. Yeah. And why was it in your thought processes that the Institute need to take place in the neighborhood it's currently located? Well, um, I was um, I was driving to my grandmother's house, and I had been all around the city looking for places to start, you know, to open up, and the prices just really wasn't right, and I just wasn't feeling it. And I uh, happened to make a right, uh, taking a little shortcut to her house, and I mm-hmm. saw this building, and it uh, stuck out to me. So I looked over, uh, went, walked in, made a couple phone calls, and, uh, you know, decided to, to proceed. And then when I started doing the research, developing the business plan, because this is all before the business plan, everything. Mm-hmm. Like the average income in this area is $11,000. I mean, you're talking about for a household of two to three people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And pharmacy technician, I mean, the average seller for a pharmacy technician is, you know, roughly about $27,000, $28,000 um, a year. So you're talking about the program that I developed within 15 weeks, you go from you know, the average income would be $11,000 to, I mean, most of my students get hired before they even finish with the program. Mm-hmm. So you're more than doubling the income right away in 15 weeks. You're talking about in, what's that, three, four months? Right. Um, more or less so three months. Three, three, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what other individuals did you get to buy into that vision that you have? Honestly, honestly, nobody. Okay. Um, we don't we don't have any investors. Uh, we didn't take out any loans. I mean, it was it was just a lot of sweat equity, a lot of grind, and a lot of overtime. Move move a couple of things around in my personal finances, and you know, um, really, for lack of a better term, burn burn the boat. I use that term when I when I'm telling them you want to take the island, you burn the boat. So I put my back against the wall, and uh, you have it's either, it's either sink or swim. So in a situation like that, you put it all online and you just you just roll with it, and and you feel different when you're moving in a purpose that's not driven selfishly or with an ego, because it's I mean you know people say all the time when you left making six figures to you ain't you ain't put no no paycheck in, in a while now say exactly, but the the reward is it's coming, but right now it's it's planting season, it's not harvest harvesting season yet, so you understand all that and take that take that into consideration and you just you just keep grinding man you know and, and long you know did i reach out to some people for some help i did and you know you kind of got to run around but that's fine too you know that that wasn't discouraging i mean i didn't miss a beat i mean no no just to me i, I look at it like a mirror so o-o-n means his own 
<laughs> so no, no, don't do nothing but mean his own. So <laughs> I asked you, said no, okay, his own. Dr. Chester, when a student enters the institute, what are the first things that they have to to go through? Well, I mean, we we want to make sure that everybody has a, a high school diploma or GED equivalent, mm-hmm. um, because there's a level of aptitude that you have to have in order to you know, go through the process and actually get hired and become a firm technician. But in that short, in this, in this period of time, um, we, I, I first have them do a plan of action uh, for their life as far as, um, you know, where they see themselves in a year, mm-hmm. two years, three years, all the way up to 10 and have them, you know, break it up into financial, spiritual, relationship wise, of course, social, mental, everything you can think of that encompasses your life. Because I tell them, if you're not better after you leave here, then I didn't do my job. You know, I can teach this to a monkey to to count some tablets and do some other stuff, but Mm -hmm. to really give you a plan and and have you think about it and write it out to me is the, is the ultimate goal. I mean, I got some people that, you know, I'm trying to get into, um, they're trying to get into the uh, the fire program, become a fireman, uh, have some young ladies interested in nursing. They're going to nursing school now. So we use this as a couple things. I mean, I look at everything usually in threes, maybe because I'm a capital, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we do everything in threes. So we have people that this is going to be a career change for them. Um, so that helps. Uh, we have people that um, that don't know what they want to do, but they want to do something. And, you know, they want to be around, you know, pharmacy technicians give you an opportunity to be around the pharmacist, to be around doctors you know, to have those conversations. So it, to me, it becomes possible when not knowing what to do. Cause like, Hey, well, she's a farmer. He's a farmer. I can do it too. Or she's a doctor. He's a doctor. I can do it too. Like people just need to understand that it's possible. So that's a possibility. And then, um, along with that, you got people who use it as an introduction to healthcare, you know, so maybe they want to do something in healthcare, but they're not sure. So in mm. 15 weeks, you're not, you're not getting a whole lot of debt. You're not spending a whole lot of time, but you're getting exposed to healthcare. So, you know, I have people that work in insurance companies now, uh, health insurance companies. So, you know, United Health, that was a big one. OptumRx, they came through. So, you know, it's just, just giving them options and something worthwhile, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it does take focus. And just to see, you know. If you're just joining us, I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr., and you're listening to In Black America from KUT Radio, and we're speaking with Dr. Albert D. Chester, CEO of Newtown Pharmacy in Jacksonville, Florida, and also founder, chief instructor of Captone Institute, also in Jacksonville. So the Institute came first, and then the pharmacy came second. And from what I've read, there wasn't a pharmacy within a three-mile radius in that neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, it's um it's it's kind of interesting um the, and we named it Newtown because the area that's actually Newtown is probably about half a mile away, but there's no pharmacy in Newtown at all. I mean, you're talking about something that runs easy easy 3 miles um without a pharmacy. Um, is that now, in the area where Bob Hayes grew up? Yeah. Okay, yep. I'm familiar yeah. with that area. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. Um you have a you have a Walgreens. I have a couple of Walgreens away, but from my actual store, there's about there's about um, in a mile radius. There's no pharmacy, um, and you, right, right outside that mile, you do have some. But in the Newtown area specifically, over by Edward Waters College, I mean, there's a stretch of miles where you don't have any pharmacy. So, what did you know, the elderly you, do to to get their prescriptions? Well, I mean, a lot of them they you know they drive to to Harvey's or they catch the bus. Mm. Um, 
you know, I mean, it's, they do have some difficulty. And then you have um, some, some pharmacies that's, you know, a good little ways away that they, that they patronize. Um, but, you know, that's on the other side of town. So what, what our, our goal is to capture, you know, everyone or as many people as we can in, in this area, in this radius, um, mm-hmm. before we even step outside of it. But we're not limited to that. But, you know, when there's a need, you know, a lot of people, when in an area like this, people people don't people aren't drawn to it, aren't attracted to it. But you know, I was. I mean, I see I see it as you know not necessarily like just a gold mine, but an opportunity and and a in a in a situation where to to fix an issue. And I was reading something. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but they were saying you know the 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 famous people, the rich people, the people that are successful. They if there's a problem, they figure out where to solve it. You know, and that's what, you know, that's what, you know, we are about at Newtown and Capstone is, is solutions driven. You know, people say at risk, we say at opportunity, you know. So um, while I was fasting also, too, I, I know I kind of run on, but uh, while I was fasting, I also read a quote that said, if you change the way you look at things, things you look at will change. And something like that, 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 stick with, that, that always will stick with me, you know, everything, you know, that I do. I understand. Your pharmacy is not an ordinary pharmacy. You offer a lot of additional services to your clients, customers. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely, um, we offer, um, and, and some of them still do it now. Or some of them, some other pharmacy do it, but we we make it a real personal touch to it mm-hmm. because right now, of course, I'm still the, the uh, delivery man. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> So not too many times, uh, if, if any, you're going to have a pharmacist actually bring your medication to you. I don't um, think I've heard of one yet. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. So I'm actually bringing it to you, to your doorstep. Um, we do uh, a lot of things we, we're, we're getting into is, is education because mm-hmm. that, that's going to be the key into taking the medication because it's already difficult to pronounce it. But we want you to know at least why you're taking it and why you should take it because that's going to change your whole motiv- motivation and mindset won't take your medication, you know, um, talking about the different lifestyle changes you can make um, to improve the outcome of your medication and possibly even find ways to get you off of medication. I mean, that might be something that's different because, of course, you know, we don't make any money unless you're buying prescriptions. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, working with um, different uh, different healthcare professionals as far as getting you a diet plan maybe or, or just changing some things up, um, you know, because it, it's all about improving healthcare. And, you know, not not to mention any names, but I always find it ironic how you can sell cigarettes and alcohol in a place that's considered to be a pharmacy. You know what I mean? Or, 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 or drinks or, 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 or any type of um, anything you would find in a store that could be detrimental to your health. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I focus on, you know, in my pharmacy. Like, you're not going to find Coca-Colas in the refrigerator, even though everybody loves a good Coke. We're gonna have, you know, have the green teas, have the whole, um, the pure leaf tea, um, the different smoothie shakes in there. Uh, of course, the good alkaline water that uh, that's proven to be real healthy for people. So um, that's the approach that we're taking. And a lot of times in areas like this, you don't have that. You know, I'm right across from a convenience store, and all they sell is, you know, the biggest sellers, you know, black and mild and, and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I understand. Also, sound on the website that you have. Black history, uh, African Americans in healthcare. Why is that important to you? Well, well, I mean, if 
you know, if, when you get a chance, maybe you can come by because I have pictures of uh, of all my heroes as far as Black history goes. Okay. Um, because uh, to me, I, I think that that instills something in you that you know. I think other races take for granted, and we don't focus on them like we used to. Because I mean, honestly, I mean, my heroes—I don't know who the little kids look up now—but my heroes. I mean, I remember, you know, watching, you know, Simple Justice about Thurgood Marshall. I remember, you know, watching, you know, Muhammad Ali's speeches and Malcolm X speeches and Marcus Garvey speeches or the Tuskegee Airmen or Asa Asa Philip Randolph. I mean, stuff like that is important. Um, because I think it symbolizes the fact that you can do it. You know, when you see somebody that's like you that's done something great, I think you believe that you can do something great. And just from a visual and symbolic standpoint, I mean, you know, you don't get to see that mm-hmm. like like the majority does in America. I mean, you look at a dollar bill, you look at commercials. I mean, it's changing now. But when you change the narrative, you know, where I am, when, you know, that has out of 10, you're not going to see a, a black guy um, like myself doing something like this in your neighborhood, you're going to see him selling illegal drugs or right. you're going to see him just not doing something positive. And the more positivity you can insert, the better. I mean, these, right now we're in a state of desperation with our people. And pe- people are desperate because they don't, they, they feel like they have no outlet. They have no choice. You know, they, they don't have another, op- they don't have another option. But if you think, I mean, to know the story of Benjamin O. Davis, mm-hmm. to really know it, I mean, to know what he went through at that time, we ain't going through what he went through. And yeah. if he could be successful, that means I, I could be successful. I almost have a responsibility to be successful if he did it. I also found it uh, interesting that you got a $5 diabetic medication list. Yeah, yeah. Um, most, most since, uh, since diabetes has run rampant in our community. Yeah, yeah. For people who don't have insurance or it's too high, I mean, we... We can recommend an alternative if the doctor will switch it. We can change it and put it on our five dollar list. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean in, anything to to improve the health and improve the outcomes and the lifestyles of, of the people in this area and even in Jacksonville, um, you know, is what we what we want to do. I mean, you know, some of the big boys they offer you know almost free stuff sometimes, um, but there's always a twist to it, <laughs> and uh, we won't get into that. But yeah, I mean any anything we can do that uh, we can't give any drugs away mm-hmm. but if if we can you know we, it's still a business we run the business but i mean we're not trying to kill people won't get medication that they need why is it important for you all to provide free blood pressure testing and free blood sugar testing well again just to have the um the opportunity to um to better their health is is what we're all about i mean you're talking about blood pressure testing is free i mean mm-hmm. diabetic strips um, you got people that's pre-diabetic, um, and, and just to monitor their health is huge because, I mean, you, you die, you know, people have strokes, people pass out, you go into comas all the time. And some people, when you have access to health care, you may not even know that you're pre-diabetic or diabetic. You just know mm-hmm. you have headaches all the time. Mm-hmm. So you come in, I mean, shoot, and we, we took a blood sugar one time, it was at like 580. What? The person didn't even know they had diabetes, or had, hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes, but they just mm-hmm. know they always had headaches. So, hey, you know, we make a couple of phone calls so we can get them in with a doctor if they don't have any or have one they can go to. And then, uh, you know, then it's right there. Same thing with blood pressure. I mean, that's a silent killer. I mean, I had a had a little league coach that died from a stroke. I had a uncle just have a stroke uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were, and both of them were just in here talking in the pharmacy, you know. And uh, so you have things like that. I mean, that's just the, the win-win for everybody. When you opened the, the, the pharmacy and, and the institute, 
are other individuals looking at the area for an opportunity? I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't had have anybody approach me about it. But you know, I mean, you got your you got your head down, you're grinding. There's some mm-hmm. people make some inquiries, but you know, I mean, if, if that's what they want to do, I mean, I would love to help, but nobody's been persistent. Other than having a you know a, a good customer day, at the end of the day, what makes your day successful? Just some of just some of the stories um, that I that I get. I was listening to TD Jakes, and he was saying, you know, enjoy enjoy it on the way up, enjoy the grind, mm-hmm. um, and just for example, I got a guy. He has Parkinson's, and uh, there was a medication that was about six hundred dollars, and he was able to get it down to three something for him, but he couldn't couldn't make the full uh, payment. But so he put it on credit, and he mm-hmm. was scared to take it. But we had him to take it. I mean, he used to, he was literally stumbling; he could barely stand up. And the next the next time I brought him his medication, he was able to pay for it. He was standing up talking <laughs> to me in his kitchen. You know, what I mean, stuff like that you don't forget. You know what I mean? So. And once we get up to, you know, our goal immediately is to get, you know, 50 prescriptions or more a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first goal. And then I have some other goals, personal goals I want to do um, as far as the business part. But, I mean, right now, those are the those are the priceless moments that you have, you know, in a business like this. So, What were some of the things that you learned while you were at Walgreens that is assisting you in your, your own pharmacy? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't we didn't get it down to the nitty gritty of the okay. why and the how. I understand. But um, have any of your students returned to you uh, once they've completed the the course and are employed? Yes. Oh yeah. Like I said, a lot of most of them are employed before they even graduate. I mean, the the best story I can say was um, in my first class, young lady. She was living in a abandoned house. They kicked the kicked the hole in the um in the window. Mm-hmm. And um, she stuck it out through the class. She was actually a little trouble student, but we re- we stuck it out. And she's actually making eighteen dollars an hour working at uh, United Healthcare. Last mm-hmm. time I spoke with her, and she called me, she was almost in tears. So, you know, stuff like that is is what it's all about. I know these two projects keep you busy. What are some of your other activities that you're involved in in the community when you're not <sighs> do, in the we- pharmacy? Yeah, we do things with churches, youth days, uh, different health fairs. We try to be a part of. Anytime somebody called me, I mean, uh, I'm working on how to say no. Um, <laughs> some of this stuff, but uh, we try to be. It's not on. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not when I say it. Go ahead. Not when I say it, but um, but anytime you know somebody has an opportunity, um, I need some help. We try to be as accommodating as possible. Um. But that's getting kind of tight. But we're gonna we're gonna continue to do it as much as we can. So, are you married? Yes. And and you, I assume that your wife assisting you in these endeavors. Um. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Any children yet? Yeah, two boys. Two boys. Uh, you gonna let them be pharmacists, or are you gonna let them go their own way? Hey man, they can do whatever they want to do as long as they are productive. Any final comments, Dr. Chester? Uh, no, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for reaching out. Anything I could do to help you or anybody, anybody who's listening I could do to help, just uh, let me know, and I'll do my best to get it done. Dr. Albert D. Chester, owner of Newtown Pharmacy and founder and program director at Capstone Institute, both located in Jacksonville, Florida. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions after future In Black America programs, Email us at inblackamerica at kut.org. 
Also, let us know what radio station you heard us over. Remember to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for Technical Producer David Alvarez, I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.